to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada. It is a gorgeous day outside. It is Sunday, June 3rd, 2022, coming right up. It is the Book of Psalms, Chapter 91. Don't you dare miss it. But please first consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. The Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. Whatever God-given talents you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. Companion Chapel at gmail.com. Psalms chapter 91. Now this is written by Moses. It has Moses' trademark way of speaking here. It's right after Psalms chapter 90. This is not, doesn't have a superscription on it, but or a title, but this is written by Moses. There's no doubt about it. Watch this. Psalms chapter 91 and verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What are we talking about here? Well, when we talked in Psalms 90, it started off written by Moses also. The Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Dwelling means cohabitation, and God dwells in circuits of time. In Psalms chapter 19, for the deeper student, we know where God's dwelling right now. But here we are, he that dwelleth in the secret place. What's so secret about it? It's private. It's members only. That's me and that's you. That's the many-membered body of Christ. And we pray for everybody that they can get into this secret place. Private, members only. Who's working the door? Archangel Michael. Don't mess around. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God and him who I will trust. Trust here means confide. And we're, this sounds exactly like... Deuteronomy chapter 32, our victory song written by Moses, that's referred to in Revelation chapter 15. So we know this is Moses. This is great instruction. He is your stability. He is your rock, your only stability, your fortress, your refuge. Watch this come, watch this psalm come together here. Verse 3, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Okay, there's a lot said here. God is your deliverer. He sent the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is our deliverer. He is our Savior. The ministry of salvation. The doors are open for the ministry of salvation in the here and now for whomsoever will. He's your Redeemer and the kinsman Redeemer for whomsoever will. Let's read this word snare here. In the Hebrew language, it's mokeish. And it means bait. To lure people into a trap. How long shall man be a snare to us, bringing us to evil? The fowler here is the bait layer, the entangler. Let's just compare this to Isaiah chapter 8, 15. Many shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. And how do you get out of this? The next verse in Isaiah chapter 8, uh, verse 16. Bind up the testimony, as it's written in the book of Revelation. Keep it in your heart. Get yourself sealed. Hold tight protect it seal the law among my disciples that's her instructions who are the disciples Inst disciples means instructed ones uh, such a name is a designation and belongs to anyone whom the grace of god has converted but the individual must make the first free will move you signal to god that means sanctify yourself so there was a lot said here the fowler and the snare and noinsome pestilence. This word noinsome in the Hebrew language is hava, and it means cupidity. Not stupidity, cupidity, which is greed for money and possessions fueled by egotism. 
Greed is an uncontrolled longing for increase in the accusation or use of material gain. People personify this by paying homage to the economy. Ethically evil. The word noisome in the New Testament, we know that. It's in chapter 16 of one of the seals. The first seal is kakos, and it's always translated wicked or evil. One time noisome there. And it means depraved, bad in nature, vicious disposition and desires. The Bible constantly teaches to know your enemy. So we're talking about who's this fowler with this noisome pestilence? The Bible constantly teaches to know your enemy. Rich white men on planet earth today are the enemy. They are the fowlers spoken of here in verse 3 by Moses. They sugarcoat ruthless greed. They use the global media to persuade the mass population that things must be this way. Rich white men, rich mankind, okay? As long as there is a return, is what they say. When I was sitting around with them, some bankers not too long ago, hey, as long as there's a return on the money, we invest in it. Just absolute absence of humanity. No regard for our ecosystem. They don't care. They don't care. All is fair in business. Making gain off human suffering, human misery. Those with investment portfolios sitting around acting all innocent. Oh, what did I do? What's going on over in Ukraine? What's going on in South Africa? What's going on? What's all this child labor we're hearing about? Those with investment portfolios sitting around acting all innocent while passively committing crimes against humanity. God's watching. There's nothing hid that shall not be revealed. Who God gives much to, he expects much in return. You can't serve God and money. And you can't walk with God while you're holding the devil's hand. That is the noisome pestilence unadulterated, ruthless greed, and the people that feed into it. Look at the planet today. Like we're literally ready to annihilate each other. It's just beyond all reasonables. But God teaches us who our enemy is because he loves you. You have to know your enemy. He shall cover thee with his feathers and his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. This is this word trust here means flee for refuge. It's hashash in the Hebrew. And what are we talking about here? The truth shall be the sh- your shield. How do you shield yourself with the truth? The truth is your gospel armor. It's the spirit of prophecy. It's the intellect of the sacred testimony. It's the veil of Christ and the hedge of God. It is the veil of Christ and his vesture. You say to when you pray, you say, I sh- I surrender my entire existence to you, my Lord Jesus Christ. My heart belongs to you. Please wrap me in your vesture. Cover me in your veil. I submit you with an unquestioned obedience. Please saturate me with your Holy Spirit. And please allow me your wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, and strength. And the Holy Spirit to feel the spirit of prophecy. That's the intellect of the sacred testimony. So I can have a working knowledge of the Bible. So I can pass it down from generation to generation. So verse 5 goes... So we shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. These are dangerous things. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. It's being said there in 5 and 6. 24 7, 365. You know what? I wasn't planning on doing this, but we have to go to Colossians. No, Ephesians chapter 6, and of course, verse 12. Ephesians 6, verse 12. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against powers 
against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places, the ethically corrupt people who are just using humanity like they're surplus and expendable, like we're some kind of commodity just to make money. It's the big corporations and those people that invest in the big corporations because the big corporations wouldn't be around if nobody invested in them to make their personal gain. Who holds up these big corporations? It's the peoples. It's the waters. Revelation chapter 17. The waters are the peoples that hold up this system. It's a dangerous system. They call it a beast, which is a brutally poor translation. It just means dangerous system of things. It's a noisome pestilence. They have fowlers setting snares like we just went over. This is written by Moses so long ago. And it's coming to pass to the letter today. A thousand shall fall by thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto thee. Why? Because they're walking in darkness. These people are walking in darkness. We're not going to fall. Jesus Christ is our Passover. We pass over these things. He feeds us with the bread of life and quenches our thirst with the living water so we don't hunger or thirst after the ways and things of the world. And that's right out of Psalm, or Deuteronomy chapter 32. And we have to, when we see people walking in darkness, we're instructed, Matthew chapter 5, to mourn for these people. They're our brothers and sisters, and God wants his children back. And the rest of the two-thirds of the angels that didn't fall want their brothers and sisters back. But they can't come back if they're carrying evil in their hearts, if they're carrying this noisome greed and gluttony. If they're carrying the ways and things of the world, the attitudes and aptitudes that Satan passed down on us, all the evil in the world is instigated by Satan. The adversary, that's what Satan means. That's why he's called the devil. The devil means slanderer. He just slanders the truth. With what? With doubt. We're going to see this in the next couple of verses. Just cast doubt on the truth. That's Satan's currency. We pray for these people. Let it go, man. Because this is such a short time. And we're going somewhere. You're going somewhere when you die. So you have to get over this age and think about the human family that we live in and where we're going. Okay, only with thy eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. We all go somewhere when we die and we won't be blind, is what's being said there. Because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge. Because thou hast made the Lord which, that doesn't sound very good. Because thou hast made, while well, we made him in our hearts. Even the most high thy habitation. Okay, it makes sense now. Okay, we cohabitate with them. That's where we want to go. We want to get out of these nagging nuisance flesh bodies and back into our spiritual body. It's more natural. It's where God made us. God would never say, I'm going to make a whole bunch of children and put them through this flesh age. Make them flesh. So that everything around you dies. You get old. You suffer. Uh, it's just, you got to, it's just constant struggle. It's an emotional battle. God didn't want to put us in these flesh bodies. It says in the book of Genesis, God repented that he had put us in these flesh bodies. He had to. Repented to God, when it's applied to God, only means he sighed with disappointment. He didn't want us to put it, he didn't want to put us through these flesh bodies. Like this is, this is brutal. But it gives us a chance. It says in Revelation chapter 12, 4, one third of us followed Satan. That's me and that's you. We followed his ideologies written of of many places but uh, Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 to 14 he thinks he's going to be the God most high 
And who's he going to be the god of? The stars. One third of the stars. That's personage. In Job chapter 38, we were the stars. We all at one point sang for joy for Father, for his glory, for his pleasure. And we want to get back to that place of peace beyond our present comprehension. It won't be in these nuisance flesh bodies. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You're instantly back with the Father. You're instantly being judged by the Lord Jesus Christ because you go somewhere when you die. And it's as simple as that. The Bible says you're in one body or the other. You're in your terrestrial body now. No, your celestial body. We're in our terrestrial body now. And then off we go back to our, terrest our, our celestial body. And you go somewhere when you die. You're going to see the reward of the wicked. And it's not going to be nice. And we pray for those people. Snap out of it. Look what they're doing to our whole human family. Verse 10. Neither shall evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Now, verses 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 gives us a time frame. This is yet future in the millennium period. Now watch this. Okay, so there shall no evil befall thee. Is that now? All the evil in the world comes from the human heart. We're surrounded by evil. So this isn't now, but we have a way out. Our Savior came. He's our salvation. It's his way out. This is a book of instructions how to get out of this. And we want as many people as possible to get out of this. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Well, when we're dwelling with God, there's going to be no plagues. These noisome pestilence, no snares of the fowler. He will cover us with his feathers. That's what it's written in Deuteronomy chapter 32, like a, like a mother eagle covering her, her babies. Verse 11. Now, this should really raise some... Uh, you should uh, remember this verse because this is from Matthew chapter 4. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. So this was misquoted and misapplied by Satan. And this would be hard if Satan didn't straight it up, straighten it up for us because uh, thank you, Satan, for helping us out with this verse. This gives us the time frame, which is the millennium period, which is yet future. But in Matthew chapter 4, verses 4, Satan misquoted and misapplied this verse while tempting our Lord Jesus Christ by adding, at any time. He was trying to get our Lord Jesus Christ to swan dive off the top of a huge building and say, hey, it says there the angels will, uh, will pick you up unless, you dash, unless thou dash thy foot against a stone. And what this means is in the millennium period, we're not going to stumble. God's angels, he has a hierarchy. There's archangels, there's elders, there's inner circles. There's a hierarchy before we get back to the eternal temple. In the millennium temple, his angels will help us. And verse 13, well, let's keep talking. When uh, Satan misquoted this, he was trying to get Jesus Christ to jump off by adding at any time, which would imply this applies right now. No, if you want to jump off a building, you know, no angel's going to come and grab you if you're going to dash your foot. And that's not what it meant anyway. If dashing your foot means stumbling and yeah, now Satan's got me mixed up on this verse just a little bit, not too much. This applies in the millennium period. We're not going to stumble. That's what that is. See how Satan can misquote and misapply verses. He just cast doubt on the truth, and he did it right off the hop on page 2 of your Bible with Eve. And anywhere you see Satan in the Bible, that's what he's doing.
misapplying, misquoting, and that's what reverends and pastors and and just the general public does is using this book as a random book of quotes, and it causes confusion. Of course, Satan didn't uh, didn't uh, uh, reiterate verse 13 thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder the young lion and the dragon thou shalt trample under feet now a young lion throughout the bible when you define within context means determined people they're the determined fowlers of verse 3 and of course the adder and the dragon all elude to satan demons devils evil spirits all powers and principalities of satan everything that is corrupt to the lord jesus christ in his kingdom everything that offends the lord jesus christ in his kingdom everything of the darkness this is what this alludes to it's trampled underfoot what's trampled underfoot back then when these guys were walking around animal poo okay so that's just an analogy that you know, we walk in right over it jesus christ is our path over because he hath set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high places because he hath known my name. You have to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't romanticize who you think the Lord Jesus Christ is. It's not hard to get a working knowledge of the Bible. It's only one book. And that's why it's inexcusable. If there's a guy wearing a backwards collar, if he's wearing a dress, and he's standing there calling himself reverend or minister or pastor, okay, let me tell you something. Let's just talk like this. Let's use this analogy. If you go to a doctor, a medical doctor, he's about your flesh body, okay? And you trust that he's read a stack of textbooks from the ground to the ceiling, from the floor to the ceiling, and he's got those diplomas with the fancy stamp in there. You trust he knows those books, and he has a working knowledge of those books. But your preacher or pastor, your spiritual body, fear not those who can kill the flesh body but those who can kill the spiritual body your spiritual body is so much more important he has one book to learn one book this book's a bit thicker because it's a study bible and it's all right but the average bible is about 800 pages unless you got small print or big print one book to learn is my point and he can't even do it he doesn't even bother and the reason for that is uh second corinthians chapter 11 and we know this because we go here all the time for such are false apostles deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of christ yeah i got a backwards collar on i'm an apostle i'm a sent out one of the lord jesus christ you know what this word transforming is meta metamorphosis it means disguise to participate in the proximity to superimpose a train of thought on your very psyche to trick you transforming disguising meta it's a big word these days and there's a big thread through the bible in that in the original language about the word meta but superimposing a train of thought they're wolves in sheep's clothing it just doesn't come from there it obviously comes from meta which is um global media and in particular one global media outlet uh, social media so here we are Set your love upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. I don't think so. That means you'll be in my glory. Okay, you'll be with me. We'll be cohabitating together. God doesn't honor you. God has nothing to prove to you. You have everything to prove to God. 
With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's to us. Long life doesn't mean, yeah, I'm a Christian now. I better live till I'm 95. I, be I better live till I'm 101 because it says here long life. What long life means is fulfillment of every day, whether you live to your 25, 35, 55, 75. What's the difference as far as the affairs of time are concerned? Make every day count. We're living on borrowed time. Who's the salvation that he's going to show us to? Lord Jesus Christ, he showed us in this written word. Well, I want to thank you very much for listening. And very much for watching Psalms chapter 91. This is a podcast, but I'm just going to film it anyway. I hope you're enjoying these. If you can support these in any way, Companion Chapel podcast and these videos are brought to you and only exist or can only be brought to you by your donations. I want to thank you very much for the people that donated to allow me electricity here after years of no electricity and I got the water running. Come on out to the Companion Chapel homesteading community. Get involved today. Companionchapel at gmail.com. If you can like this video, please press the like button or promote or whatever. I don't know YouTube very good, but whatever you can do to help. If you can help with these videos, if you want to co-host these videos with me, that'd be the greatest thing. Work the camera work. Just come on out. Companionchapel at gmail.com. Up here in Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Thank you very much. Have a great day. And bye for now.